in your sister's room. That's where it started. Hello, this is Paul Derringer. And this is Alton Derringer. We are two of the Derringer brothers. A shout out to Brother Dave, who is still on sabbatical. And you are listening to Derringer Discoveries. We take you, the listener, on a journey. A musical journey. Today's episode is Bowie, 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 everywhere. In this episode, we will quickly recap David Bowie's heyday with a focus on his 11, yes, 11 number one hits worldwide. Paul, as Derringer Discovery's official fact checker, I need to correct you on this. Really? This soon into the episode? Yes. Merrick Nitzvicki and Peter Barron claim that Bowie, in fact, had a 12th number one hit song. Okay, you've stumped me out, and who is... Merrick and Peter are the alternating hosts of the Radio 3 chart, the longest-running music chart in Warsaw, Poland. I think I'm going to stick with 11 as the official worldwide count. Paul, I guess I'll concede on this topic because Merrick and Peter placed one of Bowie's songs from the Black Star album at number one on their chart posthumously. And you'll have to wait till the end of the episode to find out which one. Okay, posthumously, I get it. After we quickly recap his 11 number one hits, we will each pick and briefly discuss our personal favorite David Bowie song. After that, we will briefly discuss Bowie's so-called new, and I use new in quotes, posthumous singles. And at the end, we will consider whether Bowie jumped the shark. And did he cross the Rubicon? Crossing the Rubicon is reaching the point of no return. For today's post-episode playout, we will introduce you to Andy Reid, Chris Richards, and Keith Klingensmith, the three members of a fantastic melodic rock band from Detroit, Michigan, called The Legal Matters. Lean on me, but don't leave me alone. And with her, everything we've known. Oh, Excellent. Hey, Paul, any emails in our inbox? Derringer Discoveries listener feedback. Well, you know how we typically reference past episodes as part of our listener feedback? Yeah. Today, we are going to reference two future episodes. Ah, I know exactly what you're talking about. In an upcoming episode of Derringer Discoveries, we will feature an American indie rock band from Los Angeles, California, named Lord Huron. Plus, as part of the Lord Huron post-episode playout, we will feature an excellent up-and-coming Baltimore singer-songwriter named Katie Tish, who recently gave Derringer Discoveries an exclusive interview by Zoom. One step, two steps, the gold on my shoulder, streetlight turns red, night airs getting colder. And for another upcoming episode, we will feature four different fantastic musical artists from Australia. Two of the artists are longtime favorites in their homeland, the third is renowned worldwide, and the fourth is an up-and-coming artist who also recently gave Derringer Discoveries an exclusive interview by Zoom. Standing tall against the wall of a small Ah, we're on a roll. 
Hey, Paul, let's dive in. Yes, let's dive in. David Bowie was born in London, England on the 8th of January, 1947. Just after turning 69, he died in New York City on January 10th, 2016. Worldwide, Bowie has sold over 100 million records. He is one of the best-selling music artists of all time. Ground control to Major Tom. On Spotify, Bowie has more than 14 million monthly listeners, and many of his top singles have streamed 200 to 300 million times. Bottom line, David Bowie is one of the most influential musicians of the last 50 plus years. Ground control to Major Tom. Worldwide, David Bowie has a total of 11 number one hit songs. These 11 hits were all from a 12-year period between 1974 and 1986. If you start with the rise of David Bowie in 1969, combine that with his 11 number one hits, you can easily conclude that David Bowie's classic period was from 1969 to 1986, a total of about 17 years. Although it was released in 1973, David Bowie first went to number one in February 1974 with the song Sorrow. Too long blonde hair and your eyes are blue The only thing I ever got from you was sorrow It was a cover of the McCory's Sorrow from 1965 The only thing that I get from you is sorrow In 1966, the Mercies also released a hit version of this song best part of Sorrow, in my opinion, is the opening lyric. Do you agree, Alton? I do. Too long blonde hair and your eyes are blue. The only thing I ever got from you was sorrow. Bowie's version went to number one in Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa. Sorrow. Bowie's second number one hit single was number one only in the UK. Ground control's a major song. This was in May of 1975 with the song Space Oddity. Take your protein pills and put your helmet on. This 1975 number one hit was a reissue of the same song that was originally released in 1969 when it bubbled under at number 124. Cue the bubbles! Ground control to major tones. Commencing countdown engines on Three, two, check ignition And may God's love be with you The next month, June 1975, at least in the U.S. and Canada, Bowie had his third number one hit with the song Fame. Paul on Fame, Bowie is one of three credited co-writers. The second co-writer on Fame is John Lennon. The Beatle? Yes, yes, yes. The same John Lennon from The Beatles. The third co-writer is Carlos Alomar, who also plays the funky guitar on Fame.
Bowie's fourth number one hit single was number one only in the UK. The year was 1980. The song is lyrically, but not musically, a sequel to Bowie's number one hit song, Space Oddity. This number one hit in the UK is Ashes to Ashes. Ashes to ash and fun to fuck it. We know Major Tom's a junkie. Ashes to Ashes saw the return of Bowie's alter ego, Major Tom from Space Oddity. This is one of my favorite Bowie songs, Paul. I love the killer bass guitar part. Bowie's fifth number one hit was number one in the UK, Canada, and the Netherlands. The year was 1981. Credited equally to David Bowie and the band Queen, the song is Under Pressure. U.S. Under Pressure stalled at number 29. Moving along now, Bowie's sixth number one hit reached number one in New Zealand, Sweden, Norway, and Finland. It was from the soundtrack of the 1982 movie Cat People. Giorgio Moroder composed the score for the film along with the music for the theme song, Cat People Putting Out Fire. But the lyrics and vocals were done by David Bowie. And I've been putting out fire with gasoline. Bowie re-recorded a version of Cat People putting out fire for his next album, 1983's Let's Dance, his biggest selling album. Yeah, but Paul, the soundtrack version of the song was dark and brooding, but the album version, not so much. Many critics, including myself, liked the original better. However, the Let's Dance album did produce another number one hit for Bowie, his seventh. The song is the title track from the album, Let's Dance. Put on your red shoes and dance the and it was one of his fastest selling singles, reaching number one in Belgium, Canada, Europe, Finland, Ireland, Israel, the Netherlands, New Zealand, Norway, Spain, the UK, and the US. After Bowie died in 2016, Let's Dance hit the charts again. While not as high as before, the second time around, it charted in 15 countries. David Bowie's eighth number one hit was Blue Jean. Released in 1984 from his Tonight album, Blue Jean topped the chart in just one country. Alton, you want to guess what country that was? No clue. Spain. David Bowie had his ninth number one hit song in 1985. It was a duet with Mick Jagger from the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Out, the world. Are you ready for a brand new beat? 
It went to number one in Australia, the UK, the US, Canada, Finland, Ireland, the Netherlands, and Spain. And I bet our listeners know what song it is. Yeah. It's called Dancing in the Streets. Bowie and Jagger's Dancing in the Streets is a cover of a number two hit from 1964 by Martha and the Vandellas. And Bowie and Jagger recorded this version to raise money for Bob Geldof's Live Aid 1985. (laughs) This is it! 16 hours of the biggest rock and roll concert of all time. You're here. We're all here. Stay with us and you'll see every minute live on MTV. This is not America was Bowie's 10th number one hit single. It was from a film soundtrack, a 1985 movie called The Falcon and the Snowman. This is Not America reached number one in the Netherlands and Poland, but only went to number 32 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 chart. Bowie's 11th number one hit song was also from a movie. Nothing we can't shake. Absolute Beginners was released in 1986 and was the last number one hit single during Bowie's lifetime. It was the theme song from a 1986 movie of the same name. With nothing much at stake. It reached number one in Europe, Finland, and Ireland. Paul, at the top of the episode, I mentioned that Bowie also had a number one hit that was awarded posthumously. Before we move on to our favorite Bowie songs, I owe our listeners an answer. Yes, you also owe me an answer. You disrupted my flow of 11 number one hits. But I would like to remind our listeners that because it was released posthumously, we didn't include it, or at least I didn't include it, in our worldwide list of 11 number one Bowie hits. But I'm going to include it now. As I mentioned, the song was from Bowie's last studio album called Black Star. Look up here, I'm in heaven. The song, Lazarus, hit number one in Poland shortly after Bowie's death. Everybody knows me now. All right, the battle of wits has begun. We will now relay our personal favorite song by David Bowie. We hope you, our listeners, will write to us and let us know if you agree or if you have your own personal favorite David Bowie song. Paul, I'll go first. My personal favorite David Bowie song is Golden Years. I love that opening guitar riff. Don't let me hear you say lights taking you nowhere. Yeah, Golden Years. That's a great song, Alton. My personal favorite David Bowie song is Changes from Bowie's 1971 album Hunky Dory. It sniffed. Man, you and your chart sniffing. Yes, that's right. It sniffed 
the U.S. charts in 1972, hitting number 66, and then it came back and sniffed the U.S. charts a second time in December 1974, hitting number 41. Still don't know what I was waiting for, and my time was running wild, a million dead-end streets, and every time I thought I got it made, it seemed the taste was not so sweet. Paul, after Bowie's death in 2016, changes charted again. Again? Again. This time hitting number 49 in the UK and number 10 on the US Billboard Rock Songs chart. Well, now it's my turn to point out something. It also reached number five in Sweden. Hello, listeners in Sweden. And here we go. <laughs> it sniffed the charts in France. Oh, what's brother Dave Derringer's favorite Bowie song? Well, you know Dave, and we love Dave. He had trouble narrowing it down to one song. He said basically... Surprise, surprise. Yeah, he said he loves the album Ziggy Stardust and The Spiders from Mars, released in 1972. But I pressed him on this matter, Alton. and I pressed him. Pick your favorite song, Dave. And I finally got him down to three. And what did he say? The last three songs on the Ziggy Stardust album. And here they are. The first one. Ziggy Stardust. Now Ziggy played guitar, jamming good with Wed and Gilly and the Spiders from Mars. His second favorite song, Suffragette City. And Rock and Roll Suicide. Awesome. I'm a fan of all three songs, Paul. But the day breaks instead, so you hurry home. Let the sun blast your shadow Don't let the milk float Grab your mind They're so natural Religiously unkind You know, at the outset of today's episode, I noted that we will relay some of our listeners' favorite Bowie songs. Listeners, if you have a favorite Bowie song, write to us and we will try to include it in a future episode as part of Listener Letters. The guys from The Legal Matters were kind enough to share their favorite Bowie songs with us. Yeah, Legal Matters are the post-episode playout today. Paul Keith Klingensmith picked as his favorite Bowie song, Young Americans. Andy Reid picked his favorite Bowie song. It's from the 1971 album Hunky Dory, which is my favorite Bowie album. Andy picked Life on Mars. It's a god-awful small affair To the girl with the mousy hair but her mommy is yelling no And her daddy has told her to go But her friend is nowhere to be seen Now she walks through her sunken dream To the seat with the clearest view And she's hooked to the silver screen Chris Richards's favorite Bowie song is from the 1972 album Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars, the same one that Dave Derringer loves. Chris picked 
Lady Stardust. During 2021, David Bowie's estate has released several so-called quote-unquote new singles. In my opinion, the best of these new singles is You've Got a Habit of Leaving. You've Got a Habit of Leaving was released on the 29th of September, 2021. This song was originally recorded and released in 1965 under the name Davy Jones. His band at the time, The Lower Third, was uncredited on the single. This version that we are playing is a re-recording that David Bowie did around the year 2000 for inclusion on an album called Toy that was never released. This is a good time to mention that since You've Got a Habit of Leaving is technically a new release, we are qualifying it for inclusion on the Turn Up Music Radio Top 25 chart for November 2021. Paul, we must be off our rockers to think that we can put 25 songs on a Spotify playlist and call it a chart. And yet, we have done it, just like our friends in Poland did 40-odd years ago. We update this chart monthly, and it reflects the best, in our opinion, the best of what's new worldwide in fresh folk, adult rock, and power pop. But what about the blues? What about alternative? I think adult rock includes blues and alternative. Well, Paul, it's time to wind this thing down, but before we go, I have today's $25,000 question. Did David Bowie jump the shark? And no, I don't have 25 grand to give you, regardless of which way you answer. I get to say exactly what I feel like saying, and it doesn't get me $25,000 either way. Yeah, I don't even know why I mentioned that. (laughs) All right. Well, Alton, here's my thoughts. By 1978, David Bowie had, in my opinion, largely lost his ability to sing melodically, and by 1984, he had largely stopped writing decent songs. That said, I'm still going to say no, he did not jump the shark. How about you, Alton? What do you think? Well, I think you're going to receive some stinging emails from our listeners. But I saw David Bowie in September of 1987 at the Capitol Center just outside of Washington, D.C. He was on the Glass Spider Tour in support of his 1987 album, Never Let Me Down. Though the music was great, this concert stage show was incredibly cheesy, as in Dennis Young, Mr. Roboto cheesy. Are you saying I can insert a Mr. Roboto snippet right here? No, I am not. <laughs> But you know what? I'll have to admit that during this concert, I realized, for me anyway, David Bowie had, in fact, jumped the shark. Oh, no. Did he jump the shark? Ouch. They're going to be writing you some stinging commentary. Listeners, send your letters to Alton Derringer at DerringerDiscoveries at gmail.com. But listen, since you don't think Bowie jumped the shark, according to our rules, he couldn't have crossed the Rubicon, right? 
Yeah, you're right, Alton. From 1971 until his death in January 2016, the one thing I can say is that Bowie constantly stretched boundaries and he tried new directions. He wasn't always successful, but he never became a nostalgia act. Thus, in my opinion, he did not and could not cross the Rubicon. Alton, since you do think Bowie jumped the shark, do you think he went so far as to cross the Rubicon? Well, Paul, as we mentioned before, an artist can jump the shark without crossing the Rubicon. I don't think he ever crossed the Rubicon. The album Black Star, which was released two days before he died of liver cancer, won five, yes, five Grammys. Though it was by far not my favorite Bowie album, it did receive high praise from the critics. And to quote the great philosopher Forrest Gump. And that's all I have to say about that. And on that note, this is Paul. This is Alton. If you like what you hear, please be sure to follow Derringer Discoveries and make sure to tell others about us. Don't forget to stick around for our post-episode playout with the legal matters. Until next time, thank you for listening to Derringer Discoveries. In your sister's room. Listeners, our guests for this post-episode playout are The Legal Matters, a Detroit, Michigan-based band made up of Andy Reid, Chris Richards, and Keith Klingensmith. They say that these things serve to make you stronger If this is what it takes, just leave me weak Picking a band name's impossible. I I think, I don't know, I was fishing around just looking at song titles because a lot of cool band names are from song titles, so we stole it from the Who. Oh my string, I still love you Oh my string, I am right here Oh my string, to hear the same things every day Paul, this was a fun interview. These guys have great camaraderie, and each member possesses an outstanding sense of humor. Alton, these are our top three favorite songs by The Legal Matters. Wait, wait, wait. During the interview, you started with an honorable mention. Uh, Yeah, thanks, Alton. You're right. I did start with an honorable mention. It's a song written by Keith Klingensmith from the Conrad album in 2016 called... Pull my strings. Some would say my future's bright. But they also said this wouldn't take much longer. And I can't seem to make them understand. Pull my strings. Uh, yeah, I wrote it. Yeah, I'm proud of that song. I like it a lot. Uh, that, though, is one of the ones that Chris was referencing that came in as a shell, as a skeleton, and these guys turned it into something great. Oh, my string, I'm still not ready. Oh, my string, I hate it too. Oh, my string, to hear the same things every day. And that's a snippet of Pull My String. All the harmonies on this song are spot on. Our number three favorite song by The Legal Matters is a song written by Chris Richards. I can't really write mean songs about people, but I have no problem calling out my uh, shortcomings. It's also from the Conrad album in 2016, 
And in this particular song, I just kind of had that feeling of I'm just a little part of a bigger picture, you know, when it comes to, especially in this case, marriage. And it's called Minor Key. I'm just a minor key in a symphony. Just a simple And that's a snippet of Minor Key. Oh, I like the Beach Boys vibe going on in this song, don't you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, their harmonies are excellent. Our number two favorite song by The Legal Matters is a song written by Andy Reid. We always stress the three Bs in this group, the Beatles, Beach Boys, and Big Star. It's also from the Conrad album in 2016. This song is The Cool Kid. It's never known as The Cool Kid. But I felt like I had wanted to cover up all the bruises. Yeah, it was just basically a song about growing up and just being a kid that didn't really fit in. You know, I think a lot of us music nerds can relate to that. No, we don't belong. Let's just sing the song. It's never known as a cool kid An attempt to win the heart of a girl Like every guy in the school did Kept on running alone in the world And that's a snippet of The Cool Kid. Paul, I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate to this song. Yeah, it hits home. Maybe a little too close to home. The Legal Matters brand new 2021 album is called Chapter 3. I suppose Chapter 3 is appropriate since it's their third album. And it contains our number one favorite song by the band. And the song is Don't Read Between the Lines. Lean on me, but don't leave me alone. And with her. This song, Don't Read Between the Lines, a common friend of ours had, had made this mention that he always felt that my songs had a uh, like a vocal delivery like Elvis Costello, and I've never heard that. I just don't, I don't, I mean, I take it as a supreme compliment, but I literally don't hear it. I'm wishing and hoping that it's you. Andy laid down this insane little organ part that really gave it a, a, an imperial bedroom feel. So it was just an easy song to record with a bridge. I was really nervous about bringing the bridge to the band because it, it's a phrasing I've never done before. And I don't think Keith was crazy about it in the beginning. No, I was super skeptical. Four, three, two, I'm done. Pick a side for everyone. Little short or small, talk for one, one for all you 
stop talking. But you've warmed up to it. Uh, I love it. I was wrong. I always am. For the month of November 2021, Don't Read Between the Lines is number one on the Turn Up Music Radio Top 25 chart. Hey, that's our chart, isn't it? When I walked in, everyone stopped talking. All right, so you're saying the legal matters can claim that they have a number one hit? Yes, I am. Worldwide, David Bowie had 11 number one hits. 12. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> posthumous, <laughs> if you count the posthumous hit. Now, the legal matters have a number one hit of their own. Number one on the Turn Up Music Radio Top 25. Our friend Donnie Brown, who's probably the honorary fourth member, plays drums. He's a fantastic drummer, and he can come in and just, we could not say a word, and he would write a good part, but he wants us all involved, and we all talk about it. So even though one person's playing something, it, it's coming from the three of us, if that makes sense. You can see it in their eyes. Don't read between the Folks, thanks for sticking around for the Derringer Discoveries post-episode playout featuring The Legal Matters. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to follow us on your favorite digital platform. And do us a small favor, be sure to tell your friends about Derringer Discoveries. <laughs>